0: Welcome to the Left of Straight Show, where we talk entertainment, music, books, foodies, and more each week with special guest interviews of interest to the LGBTQ community and our straight allies. Direct from the entertainment capital of Northeast Ohio. Northeast Ohio. Your host, Scott Fullerton, chats with some of your favorite entertainers, celebrities, newsmakers, and behind-the-scenes people across the country and around the world who make it all happen. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and let's start talking.
1: Alrighty, guys, let's dive into my next interview. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by Brian O'Donnell. He's a talented writer and director of the heartwarming film Akron. Brian's film explores themes of love, loss, family in a beautifully nuanced way, highlighting the complexities of human relationships and the challenges that two young men face as they explore a new relationship, unaware of how their tragic past intertwines. Brian's also a passionate advocate for the LGBTQ plus community. He's devoted his time and talents to supporting various organizations that work to advance our rights and well being. Two organizations that Brian's been particularly involved with are the Calamus Foundation and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. The Calamus Foundation is a nonprofit organization that seeks to promote social justice and LGBTQ rights through grants and advocacy. Brian has been an executive director of the organization, providing leadership and guidance in its effort to support the LGBT community, individuals, and communities. Similarly, Brian's been a dedicated supporter of Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, which I'm very familiar with, and his organization that provides essential services to individuals affected by HIV, AIDS, and other critical illnesses. Brian's helped the organization raise critical funds to support those in need and advance research efforts to find a cure for these illnesses. We'll dive into Brian's creative process, the inspiration behind Akron, and its perspective on the importance of telling LGBTQ stories in film and media, along with his great work in these organizations. His talent and filmmaking commitment to advocacy and social justice is an inspiration to many and a reminder of the importance of using one's platform and talent to make a positive difference in the world, and I knew I had to share it with you. Please welcome the Left and Straight Show for the first time, Mr. Brian O'Donnell. Brian, how you doing, sir?
2: I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me.
1: I appreciate you taking the time to call in today. It's a pleasure to get to know you. Um, I told you when I asked you for the interview, I don't know, I've been doing LGBT entertainment for seven years. I don't know how I missed your film until last month, but I finally got a chance to see Akron uh streaming and just an amazing movie. So I had to invite you on and then researching. You've done a great things for our community. So thank you, sir.
2: Oh, you're welcome. I I'm glad to hear that you found it. Yeah, we were out in festivals, LGBT festivals and general audience festivals in <clears throat> through 2015 through 2017. Uh and then we did get distribution. So we are on Amazon Prime. So anytime is the right time to see Aqua for the first time. There you Prime. go.
1: It <laughs> is amazing. I agree hundred percent. Let's talk a little bit um about yourself to start off with. Tell me about, I mean, you're Grew up in Akron, Ohio, which is literally 45 minutes from where I'm at here in Northeast Ohio. Talk a little bit about what kind of a kid you were and what kind of drew you to the entertainment industry.
2: Yeah, I was born, uh, raised in Akron. Uh, I'm the youngest of six. I have uh, four older brothers and one older sister of an mm. Irish Catholic family. Um, so I grew up in the suburbs, went to a uh, Catholic school, uh, elementary and high school. Um, And uh, we're still a very, very close family, really uh, close relationships (laughs) between all of us um, and uh, had a good time growing up. Um, This was the 70s and 80s. So as far as... understanding and claiming my gay identity. That didn't start till a little bit later, as was often the case Mm. for a lot of people of our generation. Um, Right. uh, But, um, you know, great friends, great family, uh, a a really lovely place to grow up. Uh, But at a certain point, it's also, for me, it was a lovely place to get out of. So (laughs) uh, I went to, uh, moved to New York uh, right out of high school and went to the School of the Arts at NYU to study playwriting. Um, I was very interested in writing all through uh, all growing up, um, and mm. when I came and uh, saw the program at NYU and the the real intense uh, structure of it, you know, classes of seven, eight, nine, and writing and reviewing it, I felt like that was a, a great uh, place for me to go because I still had a lot to learn about my mm. own writing at that time. Um, so writing right, right. stage was the most. Direct uh, and exciting form of that for me Um, and being downtown in New York and getting to see off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway shows and experimental shows. It was a really exciting time for me. Uh, This was, you know, 89 through 93.
1: I bet. That's very cool. When did you first come out to yourself? I mean, I've been in Northeast Ohio for 25 years now, was honestly kind of surprised that there's a decent LGBTQ scene here. I mean, I came from Los Angeles, and so I was pleasantly surprised. Even Youngstown had a couple of bars and Akron had Quite a few things going on as well. Did you come out to yourself while you were still in Akron or talk about that and what, how you found I the LGBT community? didn't
2: know a single gay person, out gay person in Akron. Um, again, this was the, the early 80s. Um, uh, so I, I didn't know anyone, of course, when I moved to New York and lived in the village. <laughs> Uh, I, I, and classmates and, and people out, I, I beginning, I began to the journey then when I was at NYU, mm-hmm. but I didn't really fully come out even until after I grad. right after I graduated, uh, when I actually moved out to LA, uh, and, and with some friends from NYU and met up with another friend of ours out there. And it was the, the summer of 93 was really my, the coming out of, uh, for me. Um, But it was a very complicated time to come out at that time, too, because AIDS was was everywhere and there were no meds for it at that time either. So so there's a group of us in a certain age category that um, even my medical doctor says uh, there's a particular particular PTSD for people of that generation because we're trying to come out. But how do you come out when you feel like you're drawn to something that is going to kill you? Um, exactly, it, it was a very, very scary time, so uh luckily uh as I said, I had friends who were gay and I had friends who were coming out, and I had a support system, so w- these were things that we could actually talk about um right. that it was uh I, it was hard, but there was a support system,
1: yeah, very similar, it was a scary time back then I, I think we're kind of close to the same age, and the same thing you are just kind of starting to get uh to understand what you're all about, but it's all you hear about is is AIDS at the time, and no one really knows what's going on, and they're stopping other things to do with blood, and it's just a scary time. So Very scary. I hear you. Definitely understand that. And unfortunately, I'm sure working with uh, Broadway Cares, AIDS has not gone away yet. I mean, luckily, it's been suppressed, and we've made some major leaps and bounds, but it's still prevalent. Out there in society at large, luckily or not, luckily, not just the LGBTQ community anymore, but AIDS is a large part of uh, what's happening out there.
2: It certainly is. And, you know, it's shifted different communities. It, it, I always think of it as something that will get in the cracks. If there's cracks, right. it'll find its way in. And uh, people living in poverty or people outside of the system or outside of care support systems it finds a way to get in there. So it is definitely something that we still need to be cognizant of and fighting for uh, protection of, but also offering services and making sure people who are, who are serial converting find a way to get on the meds because the meds absolutely mm. work and find a way to get healthy food into their system and find a way to talk to people and get support systems so that they can you know, holistically work on their whole health together. So it is still incredibly important. To this day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I definitely want to talk to you more about that in a bit, because I do think it's extremely important that we always talk about it. I mean, it's just, I think the last person, public person that I know, um, I was, Alexis Arquette died of AIDS and that was relatively not too long ago. And you'd think that it wasn't really happening anymore. And that kind of brought the awareness back into my eyes and kind of went, okay, this is still going on. I, as I've learned more and more, it's, it's, it's kind of shocking how much is still going on. Today's society.
2: And, and the meds work, but they don't always work for everyone. Everyone's immune system is slightly different. And then if you add on other, uh, you know, mental health issues or addiction issues, they, they, they sometimes work in tandem to lower people's uh, immune system. So, mm. um, it's, it's very complex, and so you, tr- you, you try and uh, hope for people to get, uh, like I said, holistic, complete health services for themselves right. because it's, a, it's a, obviously in some parts of the country, it, people are still shunned. People still have crazy ideas about transmission and uh, right. crazy ideas about uh, you know, religious ideas, and, and so um, it's an it's a ongoing battle for sure.
1: Well, we'll definitely have to have you come back, maybe with a couple other people from the organization. I think that'd be a great subject for a full show sometime because it is, like I said, still prevalent and I think it's very important. So I appreciate if you maybe think about circling back to that in a couple months here. Um, Right before Pride, especially too, because that's when things seem to get a little more risky i guess we can say for our community sometimes and it's always great to have some good reminders of what we can do to protect ourselves and to just know how to um be a caring member of the community
2: right yeah and if you're if you're an adult then you can uh find a doctor who's gay or lesbian or Yeah, LGBT friendly. That's really important because the doctor is the person you have to be very honest with about all this stuff because they're there to treat your health and not to judge you. And also just want to mention PrEP, uh, that there are pre-sex prophylactics that you can get uh, that will protect you pretty much 100% from getting the virus. So those are two things I just want to mention now.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I think PrEP has been a game changer in everything. We talked uh, back in the day about finding the cure, finding the vaccine, but I think PrEP has been even more of a game changer than those two things uh, since it's come along. So, yeah, Absolutely. definitely. I
2: mean, the, I, the peace of mind alone that it gives. I mean, those are things we did, we really struggled with that back in the day. And having a pill right. to, to give you some semblance of uh, assurance is is great for the mental health
1: exactly and that's uh another thing you need to talk about more in detail too because there are a lot of rules and everything go along with taking prep too you need sure. to make sure you're doing it the correct way so yeah i think uh i think that's a great conversation to have and i look forward to talking to you a little bit more about that and maybe getting some more people from broadway cares to talk about that i think it'd be very important it'd be great super all right well let's get into the film though i mean like i said uh i was Really excited about the film. Um, Besides what I said in the intro, I don't want to talk too much about the plot because it's easy to give away and everything, and I just think people really need to see the film. But it is talking about... Relationships and family and love and loss all through that LGBTQ plus lens. So I think it has a really good focus to start there. Um, I kind of read in my research that the idea came to you while you were at the Met New York, like in between an opera. That kind of blows my mind. Tell me how that came about and how that happened.
2: It's true. I was at an opera with a friend of mine. Uh, Il, uh, it was a Verdi opera, Il, uh, Il Travatore. And... Um... <sighs> I hadn't written for a long time, to be honest. I I, I had put down the pen, and uh, as I was watching the first act of the show, and it was hitting me on all cylinders, and I thought to myself, if I were to write something again, I would want to write something that's like this, that's two houses against each other. All of the characters are good people. There's not really an antagonist, but there's a fate is the antagonistic force that comes between them, um, and also a very strong... Uh, mother-son relationship uh, in the the opera too. And as I sat down for the second act, my movie started playing in my head uh, from the very first shot of the wobbly wheel in the supermarket. And I thought to myself, what is this? Get this out of your head and watch the show. And then I realized, no, you just (laughs) asked for this. And so you have to honor it. So after it was over, I turned to my friend and I said, Listen to this movie that just played in my head while we were watching this show, uh, and I walked home and dictated into my phone what was the first draft of the script. Um, and then of that's course, amazing. I on the script for a few more years to flesh out the characters, but the the main structure and the main storyline and the main tensions of it were there from that first night. Which, who knows if that'll ever happen again? <laughs>
1: wow, that's amazing. Yeah, now you, your
2: background or- fueled my making it. Like I thought I have to take this as far as I can because I asked for inspiration, I got it. So it's my job now to make sure I take this as far as I can. I didn't know it was going to turn out to be a production of the film, but it it was and mm. I'm so grateful.
1: Oh, I bet that's so deep too. Now, your background like you said when you were in New York started out doing plays and things. Did it come to your mind as a full film or did it start as a play or how did it come it, how did how did you start writing it?
2: Good question. Yes, it did come as a film. And when I was at NYU, they did have you write both. And then uh, when you were declaring your major and writing your final thesis, you chose one track. And so at that time, I okay. chose playwriting. But I did have some experience in screenwriting. And as I was as I was seeing it in my head, it was very clear that this is a movie. This is this is it. Ha- it's locations. It's got the 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 romance of a movie. The visual romance of a movie. Um, right. So it was
1: like, here we go. I'm, I guess I'm writing a movie. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Now, did the story have Akron as a backdrop originally or did that just fit into production or how did how did Akron come to be Akron?
2: It, it did have Akron uh, right from the start. I think it was a synthesis of a lot of ideas that I was already having uh, mm. about things that I wanted to see in media that I wasn't seeing. Uh, One Mm. of those being uh, an LGBT film set in the middle of America instead of on the coasts, because Mm. because filmmakers tend to live in L.A. or live in New York and production houses tend to be in those places. Movies tend to be there. Obviously, there are some great examples of movies in other locations, but I never really felt like, you know, oftentimes when you're seeing Glee or you're seeing uh, other films that are supposedly set in Ohio, Anyone from Ohio knows that uh, (laughs) those plants don't grow where we're from. (laughs) uh, So I wanted it to be authentic in the Midwest. And I also wanted it to be a story about accepting families and accepting parents in the Midwest, because I think people don't know that that exists. And uh, I I was seeing that it was existing. And I was also seeing like, it's time we tell the story that of this family, Regardless of whether it exists or not, this is a movie we can we can say whatever we want in the movie. And so if this is an aspirational film in some ways, and it gives hope to some people that there are families out there like that, then all for the better. Right.
1: Right. Uh, No, exactly. I love that. I mean, you think back about it, Glee, I don't think they ever were delayed due to a snow day. And I think every time you're on the football field, it was sunny skies when we know we play football in the snow and cold and bitter here so you're right that's kind of funny i like that yeah well, let's talk talk about the production a bit you ended up wearing all the hats with a huge assist from sasha king your co-director and producer tell me how you knew her um what convinced the two of you this you can make this project come together
2: i knew sasha from again 94 94 Five. I had after I, I lived in L.A. briefly after I graduated from college and then realized I needed to get back to New York, that I was really a New Yorker at heart. So I came back to New York uh, and I met her through friends. And she she um, at that time was bartending downtown uh, with a good friend of mine um, and uh, just a lovely, lovely person. Uh, and you know, it was kind of the running around days. Um, after that, she she's originally from Ireland. She moved back to Ireland, um, and so and and studied filmmaking and went to uh, the great institutes in Ireland of filmmaking and learned everything from beginning to end. Hmm. Uh, so she had heard that I had a script, so I, that I had been I'd been sending it into the OutFest, which is the LGBT festival okay, sure. in uh, LA. Their screenwriting program. Uh, um, awards, and two years in a row, I got into the semifinals, but not the finals. And at that point, I was like, "Well, what am I going to do? I think it's finished now. I can't keep <laughs> rewriting it and submitting it." So anyway, she heard about it, and I sent it to her, and she said, "I think we can make this." She had experience producing small independent films in Ireland. Um, so I said, "Let's do it." So we we just did it. Uh, we we said we'll co-direct it, we'll co-produce it. I felt comfortable directing because I'd worked with actors and directing in theater in the past. Um, and, right. uh, and I knew that with production, I, I could figure that out. And, and it, it was really important for me to, to be one of the lead producers on it too, because I'm from Akron. So I could call in favors from people. I knew how to speak to locals. I knew how to, you know what I mean? It's like, sure. it, it's really helpful to have those ins. Um, and uh, so we, we figured out between the two of us how we could make it work. Um, we set up a Kickstarter. We raised money through Kickstarter. Uh, we shot it for a very—I won't tell you—but for a very, very low budget. <laughs> but we we concentrated on the lenses and the actors. We—if we—if it looks beautiful and if the actors are as good as they turned out to be, people won't even know it. I mean, there's an appeal to it that it is an independent film, and it looks enough like an independent film so people know the world of the film itself, but it, it looks, it looks like a couple million dollars when you really. look. Oh, it definitely does. Sure. Beautifully shot film. And our cinematographer was someone who Sasha knew from Ireland and he came over to shoot it. Um, But the, the rest of the crew, we just found uh, online uh, from New York and from Ireland. Um, You know, the, the sound guy was from Cleveland, uh, the boom operators, All of the production assistants, all of the the grips, were all from that local. You know, we're local. Oh, nice,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: So, uh, it it, and we just had a team that we just we said we're going to eat together. We're going to we're not going to put any divisions between people. We're all going to be one big family on this. Uh, And everybody to the to the last day, you know, they were running around on set to make it work. Everybody inspired everyone else when. The actors could look uh, at the screen and see the work the cinematographer was doing. When the cinematographer could watch the actors working, everybody realized, oh, this is really special. This is going to be really good. So they stepped up and worked very hard. And for, you know, an independent film like that, that's the most important thing sure. <laughs> is that uh, everybody brings their A game.
1: Right. That's amazing. That was my next question, actually. Talk about the casting. How would you find the actors? I mean, the film is really so core character driven. There's not a lot of superfluous things outside of these core characters. Um, what was it like bringing them to Northeast Ohio to begin with? And did the actors become as close knit as I imagined in my head because their characters were so dynamic in the way they played off each other?
2: Yes. Well, we, we got a casting agent. That was another thing that we did. We got a casting agent here in New York. Um, She specialized in independent films and in theater. Um, So we saw, you know, we held open auditions. We held auditions in Ohio too. um, And that's where we found Becca who plays the younger sister in it. Um, She was from Columbus area at that time. And she came up to Akron to audition Um, the rest of them. We got through either live auditions here in New York, or uh, Matthews had sent in a tape because at that time he was based in Texas. Okay. Um, and it really was um, just going in and, and, and keeping an open mind and watching and seeing what you're looking for. And uh, Matthews sent in his tape with three scenes and completely nailed them all and was, was obviously Benny. Uh, and the same thing happened with Edmund. He came in in person here in New York and we had seen probably 50 or so young guys, a lot of them Broadway, off-Broadway New York actors. We saw a lot of talented people. Um, But again, when Edmund came in and did his audition, it was clear from that moment. And then it was, let's hope they have chemistry. Let's hope they can work well together. Uh, And they did. And they were both very excited to be a part of it. I think they both understood, the whole cast really understood that this was a different movie because this was a movie where homophobia was not going to be a part of the script that it was, this is not still, I think on television, it's becoming more and more common, but even in, to film these days, it still is not as common. I'm all for a coming out story. Uh, we still need them because people are coming out every day, but right. you have to be new and fresh if you're going to do one of those. And I didn't want that. So I think everybody understood not just the relationships and their characters, but the the, the purpose for the film. So right. um, So Matthew and Edmund, Uh, you know, started meeting with each other through FaceTime before to talk about the script and talk about their Mm. characters. Um, Because when we started, it was like being shot out of a can and we had, it was an 18 day shoot. So, um,
1: and you shot uh, true to seasons too, right? Fully off book. Sorry. I said, and you also shot True to Season, too. I mean, the timeline in the movie is the timeline that was actually in Northeast Ohio at the time and Florida, um, I guess.
2: sure did, which comes with its own issues <laughs> because we were shooting in March. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one day uh, we were shooting an outdoor scene. I won't give it away, but it's a, it's a big uh, outdoor scene. Uh, and uh, Andrea Burns, who, who plays the mother, it snowed that morning. And she's like, we're not going to be able to shoot that outdoor scene today. And I said, no, it'll all the snow will be gone by this afternoon. And she looked at me like I was crazy. She's originally from Miami. She lives here in New York. And I said, no, it will be melted. And well, she, the, well, the cement is going to be wet. No, it's going to be dry. And sure enough, <laughs> when we went to shoot it, she was like, you're right. And I was like, I'm from here. It's crazy. You, you wouldn't think I'd be right about it, but I was, um, So, and another day we were to shoot an outdoor scene and uh, it was a blizzard that day. Mm. So we had to change our schedule and shoot indoor scenes. Um, But what I found, I think probably the biggest thing I learned on making the film in general, and I certainly found it in that instance, was you make a plan and something goes wrong and you have to figure out how to correct the plan. And almost every time, once you get over the anxiety of it not going according to plan, the decision you make in the moment is usually better than the original plan in the first place. It was really hard right. for me to trust that process. But by the end of the, of the filmmaking, I was like, okay, I get it. Because being new to it, I felt like if we make one mistake, the whole house of cards is going to come down. we are not going <laughs> to get the movie. Um, right. Uh, but, but the weather certainly played a role in helping us find our creativity. And to that, there's one beautiful scene in the movie with the sunset. And mm. that's another thing that we could not have planned that we just lucked out that that happened to be happening that day. Uh, and I knew of a Vista where we could go shoot that scene and we went and, and as we rolled the cameras, that happened. So that was a gift.
1: I know that scene. Well, I like it in the, yeah. in the car there overlooking. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I like it. Well, you, you touched on two things I wanted to come back to here. Um, your Lead actors Matthew freeas ben, uh, was Benny Edmund Donovan's Christopher. they did have that amazing chemistry. I thought um, what and you kind of answered it, but i 'm going to ask again, what did they bring to the film that surprised you and this was also looking over their resumes while doing some research. This was kind of one of their first leading roles. What do you hope you kind of brought to them as well
2: yes uh, well they were they were just fantastic i mean they they as I said, they were off book. So they knew every line. And as a writer, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, But they also, they, they asked the right questions. They, as we would go into scenes, if they had questions about intentions that they wanted to clarify, they asked the right questions, which is really helpful. They're both very smart guys and they're very intuitive guys. So, um, oftentimes with the, with them, we very rarely rehearsed scenes before we shot them. We might, we might, um, you know say stand here move here this but but the majority of the time we just said action and they would create the scene in front of us so that was a gift because oftentimes sure. you can get bogged down in trying to help someone if they don't understand or they've forgotten or they they can't get into it in the moment you know the clock is ticking you don't have a lot of time so they right. they're they both came with a deep understanding of the characters and and um and uh I think they also did understand this is this has a, even though we were shooting it on this budget and and I'm a no-name guy, I'm not connected on either coast. <laughs> um they they brought their A games and they understood what it could be. So, uh they treated it uh with respect and um after after shooting, uh you know, Matthew came up to me and said this is my first starring role this i've dreamed of doing something like this and you know thank you so much and i was like thank you you it was clear that 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 you loved it and you treated it so well and you got into it i thought i felt like he was such a very soulful actor um that Mm -hmm. he has a real soul that he's able to, to that comes shining out of his performance that um we were able to leaves certain things less defined because of that, because because it was uh, more important for him to show the emotions than to say something sometimes. And that's a real gift for a filmmaker because it's such a visual medium.
1: Right, exactly. I love that. That's fantastic. And like I said, they just had such marvelous chemistry together. And also the cast portraying, I'm circling back to what you also just said, the cast portraying that the rest of the family, they gave some amazing performances, and especially the moms. God, I can't talk enough about the moms. That was fantastic. We'll have to talk about them in a second. But what I really loved was The acceptance of the sons, the brothers, the friends, sexuality. As you were saying, it's like, you don't often find that, especially in dramatic films where it's just LGBT is what it is, is what there's not the coming out story. Um, as you said, they've been done really well, but I think, I mean, I just saw, just spoke with a director of, of an age. It just came out, which is fantastic coming of age Mm -hmm. story or coming out story, but it just, I think it's a lot of beauty doing the non-issue. As you said, I think in television back around when you were filming this, you had Teen Wolf just starting to do it maybe where it was a non-issue, but this was kind of a new thing. And I love that. Talk about what made that exciting for you just to make that part of the world.
2: Well, right from the writing at the very beginning, at the writing, when I was writing it and I, and you're imagining conversation with these two guys and if there is if they don't have that element of fear or shame or of uh, you know fear of discovery or uncertainty of coming, if they're already out, if they're if they're past that stage, what do they talk about? This is different than what we're used to seeing. And and it, it really opened me up to um allowing them to have a completely different emotional journey than one connected to their sexuality. And I it was freeing, and I think it, it's as I said, it's still not done enough as far as I'm concerned. Um, but it's not my story. I grew up when I grew up and I, the mm-hmm. difficulties of my coming out were of my generation. So I wasn't trying to write my story. And I have a lot of friends at that time and still do who are younger people who, when I hear their stories and they tell me, oh, I met a guy at a club the other night and I brought him home. And then the mom, Morning. My mom made him breakfast. I my mind is like, wait a minute,
1: what? <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's wonderful. So so it was it was giving them the floor and saying, well, an eighteen year old in at the time it was two thousand fourteen um, is different than my story. What is it? And if they're already out, what what is their life like? Uh, and I would say, uh, you know, at talkbacks after some of the screenings. We know this is gay people, but when we tell stories about what did you do today? Sometimes it has something to do with our gender, sexuality, but just usually it doesn't. And so why do our film right. stories have to have anything to do with it? Obviously, who we are is going to play out. And and these are gay characters and they do kiss and they do get romantic and they do, uh, you know, behave like gay men together, gay boys, gay men together. But um, it's not about their sexuality. So. Uh, that was freeing. It was exciting to set that in in ohio um and there was an element to me. I felt like I was almost doing a performance piece of going back home uh and and I was very clear with everybody that I was working with this is the story these are it 's about these two boys who fall in love, and there 's a you know an incidence between their families and Everybody there said that sounds great, and I want to participate and Some got overly enthusiastic because it was a gay story because they got it they wanted to be supportive of the gay community in ohio so it was it was great it, it proved to be i think again the reason why it was made and the reason why people responded so well to it i think
1: all right side note uh, how shocked are you about akron having its own pride fest for the last three years and being as Well-received as it's been. I mean, it was probably one of the best launches I've seen in the Northeast area of a Pride Festival.
2: Yeah. Have you been to it? I have been. I was in the one in, I guess it was 2019 before the pandemic. Um, It was incredible. I mean, not only growing up did I not know there were any gay people in in Akron. uh, I certainly did not know there were so many trans, so many many bisexuals, so many... people on the spectrum of sexuality in, in Ohio and to see them out in in Akron, it was incredibly moving. It's definitely empowering. Um, It's, there's, it's a really impressive community there. And I know people come from all over Ohio to go to that one because it really is a really special one. It's a March. It's not a parade. It's a March. And, and it still has that element of uh, we're claiming our space and, and we are here because of who we are. And there's a, the celebration is fantastic. There's a stage and drag queens and all those incredibly fun things. But I do feel like there is a, it's, a, it's a real uh, support for people there to know right. you get to see all these people out um, and you can't count them. There's so many. It was wonderful.
1: I've been very impressed with that entire organization. I got to be honest. Yes. I've, it just started. I think that was the first year it started, maybe 2018. I mean, we had Betty Who the first or second year as their main act. I mean, they just really knew what they were doing. And I'm very impressed by them. That yes, Sidebar. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> Let's circle back to the movie. I need to talk about, we're talking about the cast and but powerful. I spoke about the mothers. There's one scene where they kind of confront the main issue of the film, and they really have not seen each other through this entire movie. What was that like to direct that scene with those two ladies? Because they were powerful as hell.
2: I mean, I'm honestly getting chills right now because you brought me back to that moment. Uh, it was remarkable. I, there, you know, as as I said, it was Andrea Burns who plays Benny's mother, um, and she is people know her from Broadway, from In the Heights. She's an incredible singer, stage performer, actress, all all of the above. And Amy Deleuze is is an actress, and she's a playwright now, playwright now, and she's uh, also incredibly smart and really empathetic. Um, and she said going into it, one of the reasons why she wanted to do it is one of her sons is gay and she wanted to show him th- her support. Oh, and she that's was excited amazing. to be involved in the project uh on a personal level. Um but they're 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 you know, they're real actresses and they really uh go to the depths of their characters. And so it was incredibly moving. Um again, it was more about blocking for them than anything else because they they understood what needed to be delivered in those moments. And uh, yeah, that's a a scene that that gets me every time. And I think another thing, another reason why I think Akron works so well is that all of the characters are treated with respect and all Mm, of the characters, there is no, oftentimes the father is the antagonist or the mother's the antagonist. And again, with Latino families, it's usually the stock character of the machismo father. Um, and I had great talks with Joseph Valendez about being a different kind of father in this movie. Um, but I think that it's a movie, you know, it, it's a gay movie, but it's also not a gay movie in the sense that right. anyone going in will relate to one or two of the characters. Um, uh, in an early cut, uh, my sister who uh, was one of the, was one of the executive producers on the film and certainly helped helped us a lot in the, in the editing of the film. Um, we had an earlier cut in the film uh, that we had to go back and we had to, you know, play with it, and 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 she was like, "This movie is about Lenora," and I was like, "It's not about Lenora. This is Benny's movie. This is <laughs> Benny <laughs> and Christopher's movie." But because the character is so full and the emotional journey is so full, it is, in a sense, also Lenora's movie. Sure, you can and see so that. People, what I love about it is, even on second or third viewings, you pick up on subtleties that the actors do in their various roles that you might not notice the first time, because you really are feeling, say, you're feeling Benny through this version, but you could watch it and track a different character. And all of the actors were just phenomenal.
1: Agreed a hundred percent. Well, I mean, it was in numerous festivals. Like you said, I can't believe it's still going to be going out in other festivals. You've won some best feature films. What was it like to have the first film that you created get all these accolades. I mean, is it intimidating? Is it exciting? Is it uh, all the above?
2: It was wonderful. I, I mean, I think because it's not just my work, it's the work of, uh, uh, you know, my partner, Sasha, and and the the cast and the crew, and that because it was a collaborative thing, and I was being the one who was representing it when it was going out, it was a joy. And And, you know, we showed it I went to Amsterdam and showed it in an LGBT festival in Amsterdam. And and I went to London and showed it to an audience of 900. Um, I didn't know anyone was going to see this movie when we were (laughs) shooting it, you know? Um, And so it was, it was wonderful. And it was, you know, it's fun to talk about because people are curious about it and do have their questions about the film um, because it seemingly comes out of nowhere. And I knew it was going to be a film because it's independent and because uh, you know, even with the distributor we got, which is Wolf Video, which is an LGBT distributor and done a great job with it. There's no there's no money for advertising. And sure. so I knew it was going to be a word of mouth movie. And and we've seen that in, say, even on Amazon with the numbers of people, we we get new reviews all the time. There are people seeing it for the first time and, you know, they're telling a friend to see it. So, um that makes it really special to know that it was a labor of love and we know that people are, are telling other people to watch it because they were moved and they want to share that with someone else. That's just so cool.
1: Exactly. I've had at least 10 people that I've talked about it to in the last month that I've had watch it that didn't know, like I said, 45 miles down the road here where yeah, it was yeah, shot. Spread so the words, spread the word. <laughs> it's exciting. Well, now talk about now that you've learned what it's like for this endeavor to happen as you wore so many hats and everything. Is it intimidating to make another feature? What's your process now? Are you writing? Are you looking to direct? Are you looking to produce? What is I mean, you're doing a lot of great community stuff, which we're going to talk about in a second, but as far as creatively for you, what's your next big thing you think?
2: Well, I think what I want to do is, well, I've been writing for sure. Uh, I, I want to write and direct, I think. I, I, the, I, as I said, I think producing the first film for myself, being part of the half of the production team was really important for me to learn how things go, for me to be the point man in Ohio, all of those things. But uh, I, I, moving forward, would really prefer to just direct the, the gotcha. writing that I've worked on. So I've I have a finished script um, that we were just about to start going into pre production for before uh, COVID, um, mm-hmm. and that is set in Mumbai, India, uh, oh, based loosely okay. on my time with friends there, uh, and and the LGBT community there, and the, the things that I learned about them there. But it's become incredibly complex, and, and it's, it's a very difficult uh, thing to start to put into motion. Um, so in the meanwhile, I'm working on a script now that's all that is another Ohio set script. Um oh, wow. very different kind of script, but it would be set in Ohio because I know we've done it before, I can do it again. We can shoot in Ohio. So I'm just trying to to rein that one in fully. Uh I, it's on the line and I just have to reel it in. But um it's a as I said, it's a very different kind of movie. I would say the Mumbai one is 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 a bit of a a fish out of water. It's kind of a rom-com. It's a little mix. Um, and the one, the other one set in Ohio is, actually has uh, some thriller elements to it. So it's a very nice kind of s- script, yeah.
1: Oh, well, let me know about that. I'll produce the heck out of that for <laughs> you. Help me. I'll help out all I can. That's fantastic.
2: Excellent. But I do have uh, a gay character centered in all of the movies. Uh, and again, it's it's they're not coming out movies, but they are... Um, my idea is that I would like to investigate gay characters in different decades. So I've done 18 year olds. The one in Mumbai is, is a a guy in his thirties. The one in um, the one that would be set in Ohio uh, would be a child and then an older version of the child, you know, someone in his twenties. So um, that's exciting to me is to think about them conceptually that way.
1: Oh, I bet. That's very cool. All right, well, let's transition. Uh, we're running out of time here. Let's talk about your transition to advocacy, your work for the LGBT community. Tell me about, uh, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, the Calamus Foundation, how you learned about it, how you became its executive director, and what are you most proud of that organization and what you've done there?
2: Sure, sure. Well, I'll start actually with Broadway Cares because that led me to Calamus. Um, okay. I, I, so I've been I've been the, managing the grants program here at Broadway Cares for twenty five years, which is uh, the we give we give grants to LGBT uh, HIV AIDS organizations across the United States, Puerto Rico, uh, Washington D.C., um, social service organizations, uh, food organizations, almost five hundred of them, up to. Um, eight million dollars a year thanks to the incredible talent Mm -hmm. and uh support of the broadway community that really does the bulk of our fundraising if you've ever been to a show and they'll hold the red buckets after the show for collections that's us and then we have a great production team here who does special events for fundraising too so i i i started doing that like what when i was 26 27 um and uh it was an interesting shift to me because I was out to some people, but not out to everybody. And I thought, wow, mm. this is really going directly at it. But <laughs> my, first, my first boyfriend in 96 was HIV positive. So mm. I was confronted right away in my personal life is what do I do? Do I reject someone because I found out he's positive because I'm very scared or do I just deal with this? This is obviously won't be the last time in my life where I have, uh, have a relationship with someone who might be HIV positive, positive. Um, and so it was. Uh, it was a way for me to uh, deal with that personally, but it was also a way for me. To, I'm not really an activist. I, I support activism, and I think it's really important. But I'm not necessarily someone who goes out and protests in the street. Gotcha. I'm more interested in being within an established framework that that can use the impetus of the activists to make a difference through constant. Um, work. So, so I had been working at Broadway Cares for many years in the, in the grants program. And that at at a certain point, I wanted to step away and really work here only part-time because I just was feeling like I, I, I'm not using enough of my energy here. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I feel like I need to take a leap. And right at that time, I heard word that there was the Calamus foundation was coming into existence that there were board members who were looking for an executive director to establish uh, a foundation that can make grants to LGBT organizations. Um, and so it happened to be at the right time. They happened to like me. They happened to <laughs> hire me. Um, it was a very different kind of program. I mean, as I said, I was the sole employee and I was working with uh, board members who were earlier on the board of GMHC who had been from the very start, Some of the some of the people who were raising money and donating money themselves to causes uh, really smart guys um and oftentimes they're much larger grants uh to groups like sage here in new york which is for uh seniors lgbt seniors and support services okay. for them um so those tended to be larger grants um and there were more more meetings more site visits it was very exciting um so with them i'm really proud of of uh, there were a couple of years where we focused almost exclusively on um, LGBT youth at risk um and with homeless youth and for, uh with uh the Alley Forney Center here in New York, mm-hmm. a couple of other uh, other organizations here, and it was a really great that, that was that was a really moving thing to go to visit all these places to see out to hear firsthand from these kids what their lives were really like and what support they needed. Um, and know that there were, you know, successful, well healed LGBT folks who continued to look for other people who uh, had less than them and wanted to help support them. know, um, as I said, within the Broadway community, within the LGBT community, there's a lot of people who, because of the journeys they took, really are very empathetic to other people. And and want to give back and want to work to give back and I like being around people like that they're really inspiring.
1: Amazing, that is inspiring. I'm so excited to, to learn about that and uh, I just think that we all need to find a little something to give back. So uh, it's whenever we can find something, whether like you said, whether it's activism, which is a little separate thing, or actually working in the machine that makes it happen, I think it's very important to find where we can find some small column for us to work in. So.
2: Absolutely. There's a place for all of us within it. And if you feel like this isn't the place, that's fine. You can rotate and find another place. It's, we all serve a purpose.
1: Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Like I said, I so enjoyed the film. Congratulations on all its success. And I hope it just keeps bringing bigger and better things. I'm going to keep spreading the word on it. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on The Left of Straight show today.
2: This was really fun. Thank you so much. Really
1: now, I know the movie itself has its own social media. Do you happen to have that with you? And then I'll put it up on the little Chiron uh, down yes. below.
2: It's Akron the film is, is what it is on Instagram and on Facebook.
1: Super duper. And if people want to find you and anything and might want to talk about your foundation or anything, where can they find you?
2: Uh, I'm on Instagram as well. But my name on Instagram is Blue Boy NY.
1: Okay, super.
2: Whole nother story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we will have you back many times in the future. I hope we're going to talk about AIDS sometime soon. We'll talk about theater. And I think even fundraising is an important topic we can do. I try to do some serious shows every once in a while. Our organizations always need money. Every organization always needs money, especially in today's day. So we'll definitely have to have you back a few times, my friend.
2: Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Well, super. Stay on the line for me, guys. We're going to go to take a quick break. I'll be back to wrap things up in just a little bit. You're listening to the Left of Straight Show right here on the Left of Straight Radio Network.
0: Thanks for listening to the Left of Straight Show. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast distributor and please give us a five star rating so more listeners can find us. You can follow us on social media, and be sure to check out our website, www.leftofstraightradio.com, for contests and other news and information. See you next week.